Uh, I ain't going to have much good to say about him. I can tell you this. He doesn't care two bits about the people that live on Staten Island and Brooklyn. He, he, he has a podcast that he has to create content for that he talks about. You know, sort of, he needs drama to you know, feed his podcast, right? He's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's becoming a jackass at a time when we need to have a serious debate about the future of the party and the country. Hello and welcome to the Alexis Pereira program. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira. And with me as always, uh, let's see, the Salino to my Barnes, uh, Alex Estrada. Alex, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Is Which one died in the horrible plane accident? Ooh, I think it's got to be Barnes, right? Because it's, it's gotta be Barnes. got some signs up. All right. So this is good news for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there it is. Um, actually, uh, a private comment from our future guest, who will be on in a second, uh, that, uh, confirming it is Barnes. Thank you. It was you. Barnes. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Barnes. Alex, uh, you are in a nice little couch setup, sitting on the floor there. Either did your wife kick you out? What's going on here? <laughs> no, no. Uh, some friends and I have decided to uh, get away for a little workcation in the Poconos. So I am staying at an Airbnb in East Stroudsburg. And everyone is having dinner, and this is what I'm doing instead. So sorry, guys. <laughs> I have to go help him. Uh, uh, I have to go help a man, man get his dreams, mm-hmm. <laughs> which keep escaping well, him for some reason I'll, over decades. I always, you are, you are many of the bricks on the road to my success. I always say that about you. <laughs> I recently went to the dentist, and I have to tell you, I went for a cleaning got everything cleaned up and afterwards the dentist goes does this hurt here what i'm doing right now and i go no not, not really and he's like how about this does this hurt and i'm like no it really doesn't hurt brings he's like i have to bring in the main dentist i guess there's like a main dentist so she she comes in she goes is her manager yeah her, yeah <laughs> and uh she looks and uh she goes uh yeah, uh, so that doesn't hurt at all, right? What he was doing? I'm like, no, nothing. And she goes, okay, because a whole wall around one of your teeth is completely missing. <laughs> and uh, wait, wait, a wall around your tooth? I don't understand. So uh, I actually didn't describe this well. It's my fault. Teeth have four walls. Okay. Okay. And one of the walls on on this this tall this tooth here, the wall that's this far, is completely gone. Is it the mouth facing wall or the tongue facing wall? It's the. It's actually on this. It's just here. It's okay. This this side, you know. What, so, what does it mean when it when it's gone? Like you, so your bone. nerve is exposed to the air. It, I I don't know what that means about the nerve, but the the bone that is on this side of the tooth is gone. Mm-hmm. The okay. other three are, are still there, but the wall, the bone that's supposed to be there is gone. And um, okay. so they basically hmm. said, I need to, well, they said, they gave me two, they, they gave me two things. They said, you don't have symptoms. Okay. So you may not need surgery, but you might want to speak to a, uh, whatever the, the other Ortho- dentist, like an orthodontist or like a, a, periodont- periodontist. a periodontist, 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 periodontist and go find out. If you indeed should get a bone graft onto your lung, uh, gums. So, you know, I might be getting major surgery here, Alex. Holy shit. It's like, it's like when you go in to get your tires changed and you walk out with a new transmission. You know, this this is what they're selling. I mean, look, 
I, I went to a place once where they, they came, you know, it was sort of the same situation. I go in for a cleaning, my first one in like five or six years. And then at the end of it, they come in with like an itemized list of like the things I'm going to need done. And, you know, the bottom line number is like $10,000. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Uh, you know, the, the important thing to remember is that dentures are only like seven. So, right. you know, there's mm-hmm. a way, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, folks. Hey, you know, it's like I always say, if it costs 10 in America, you can get it for one in Colombia. <laughs> so okay. you're taking a little vacation this summer or what? Hey, you never know. Mm. I might uh, be in the, uh, get some new teeth. Maybe get make some corpse life. teeth. Get some corpse That's teeth right. down there. Oh, gosh. Get one of those high <laughs> corpse teeth and a child bride. Perfect. A high class <laughs> teeth from Colombia. But speaking of Colombia, Alex, I'm, I'm very excited about our, our next guest here. Uh, you can catch him on Mod Night writing for, I don't even remember the name of the group, Lunchables, the lunch crew, I don't remember. <laughs> Sounds about right. But, uh, and eaters. He, the, 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 yeah, that's right. And he also is one of the uh, up and coming rising Colombian writers uh, over at the UCB theater. And you can catch him doing some late night uh, comedy over there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him in. Uh, Felipe Medina, Felipe. How are you? Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, I love the, the credits of the defunct. <laughs> I always try to bring people down to my level before we, you know what I'm saying? So actually, Felipe is a writer uh, on TV here. What what shows did you're a writer of? Let me just write that down. Uh, it's it's um it, it's you know it's this little kind of startup thing called the Late Show with Late this show. guy from Chicago. Uh, I mean, you probably he he used to do like a like a performance thing where he did a character. Uh, oh. It was kind of kind of fun. It was weird, but uh, he has like a Comedy Central special or something. I He's still worked out for him, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Okay. Oh, this guy Steve. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Felipe, tell us about how's your quarantine been? What's 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 been going on in your life recently? Uh, well, I'm really happy because my wife got her shot two weeks ago, and she gets her next shot a week from today. So that's very exciting and makes me jealous because I qualify for it. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it's been kind of uh, I don't know. I've been doing quarantine at the same time as. Uh, getting my green card mm. so it feels like a dual perpetual limbo you know <laughs> like i'm waiting for this virus to be over but i'm also waiting for any uncertainty about my uh condition as an immigrant in the states to also <laughs> end. and hopefully they uh, find a cure yes exactly <laughs> and as we know about getting a green card it's an easy streamlined process that's with right so takes variables. eight weeks you know if the mail's <laughs> fast yes yep <laughs> no surprise billings there mm, exactly yeah but uh i got quarantine married i got married during quarantine so that oh, you was, did like that's how my quarantine congratulations was. congratulations uh when did you get married uh, last June, 27th. Oh, okay, great. So you're coming up on a year in June. Yep. Great. Yeah, yeah, great. And it's quarantined the entire time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Married. <laughs> yep. So, you know, she knows you're loyal now. So it's <laughs> and I'm not allowed to leave up. the house. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, she doesn't know what kind of guy. Because we're Colombian, you know, like Aaron even thinks. She's like, wow, Alexa, you've been really good the last year. <laughs> well... 
guess what happens when it's, you know, it's like taking me to the dog park. Oh, boy. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, backstory about me and Felipe, by the way. I used to direct his sketch team over. What's the name of the team again? I I I, I want to say Bunt, but it's not Bunt. It's no, that was uh, fantasy. That was back with Chrissy and uh, uh, who else was on that team? Michael Delisle. Ma- Delisle was on it. Yeah, Delisle. Heavy hitters, heavy UCB hitters there. Yeah, yeah. We had the Shacks. That's how. Mm-hmm. Chrissy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big Shaq. That's right. You don't want to be calling women Shaq. Trust me, you can go inside them, but you know, don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, where the comparisons stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's good. What, what's it been like working for a late night show during quarantine? A lot. It must be pretty weird. Just lots it's, of Zoom meetings. A whole day Zoom meeting. Uh, I mean, not all day, but yeah, we spent a lot of time in Zoom. I spend. Uh, I made a joke early in quarantine that was like the only thing that the Jetsons got right is that uh, every day now you get to watch your boss on a TV on like a giant monitor, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, uh, yeah, a lot of Zoom. uh, But, you know, for the most part, it's been it's been pretty good. You know, like I uh, enjoy not having to ride the subway every morning (laughs) and like writing my jokes on the subway. So, um, but you know, we, we, we get to write like the same amount of stuff that we were writing when we were, uh, in the theater and, uh, you know, I miss the snacks, but I've got a feeling that, you know, in the future post quarantine, the idea of free snacks at the workplace is over. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think we get to touch food with our hands anymore. There will definitely the shrimp platter is gone, my friend. <laughs> gone are the days reasons. of the shrimp platter. No, we used to all cuff on it. It was so fun. It was. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, uh, people have been making this point recently. Uh, our friend of the show, Ann Clark, recently went viral for this point. But when you were sick, pre-quarantine, and we don't know what's going to happen post-quarantine. Yeah, and we don't even know what's happening now because nobody's in the office. But pre-quarantine, when you were sick. You could call your boss and be like, I'm really sick. I'm coughing. I'm sneezing. And I got, you know, shit going everywhere. And they'd be like, okay, uh, so come in. <laughs> and uh, Just don't talk to anybody. Yeah. Just try to sit because we need you at work. <laughs> I had a, uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I had a coworker who like had a cough and was, we used to sit in the same office, uh, like, two weeks before we had to go in quarantine and there was a bit a little part of me that was like oh i i've i've had the coronavirus i'm i'm <laughs> I've, i'm already because i got a cold right before covid and we had to go home but it was not the coronavirus i do not have antibodies i certainly suspect that i have i have had it again this may be junk science but my girlfriend got the coronavirus as we all know mm-hmm. and i didn't catch it so mm. That's my proof. Uh-huh. Right Alexis, out of curiosity, what's your blood type? It's B negative. B negative. B negative. All right. Yeah. No, I'd heard some, they were doing some research that indicated that people of, I think it's O, if you're O negative or O positive, like you're, they say your transmission rates or something um, are very low. Like it's very uh, difficult for you to catch the virus. Uh, but um, I don't know. But you, you also thought you had it like way before too, and you had the antibody test, correct? Yeah, so I 
had a dry cough for a week <laughs> when we all went home. I had a dry cough for seven days. Then I had a 104 degree fever for a couple of days. And then uh, after it was over, I coughed like crazy for two weeks. My lungs were just filled with like fluid for like two weeks. It, I never experienced anything like this before in my life where even after I was better, my it's just like I had two bags of water. And then I got the antibody test three months later and I didn't have it. But I heard it, the antibodies are not they're not present the entire time. Right. It's it's not yeah. like you check for a vaccine. They're just present for a little bit and they go away and they until they're needed again. Right. So you know, just a little science there for the kids, a little junk <laughs> science. Don't try to get it on purpose, kids. But yeah, so that's me. But it's good to see you, Felipe. I hope you're doing well. You're doing well? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm uh I uh I don't know. I it's been officially a year since we've been in quarantine and i feel like i'm finally getting the hang of it and i feel like it's going to be over soon <laughs> yeah like i feel like i'm finally like okay well you know this is this is when i can go out for my runs and i still i'm i feel like i'm the last person in the world who sees, still runs on uh, like wearing a mask i i like see I, I noticed that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've seen these runners in central park and they put their masks on their elbows and i'm like oh they figured out the science you know they figured out that you can't <laughs> catch it if you put your mask on your elbow and we're all just fucking morons uh they're out running so, it felipe what part of that did you can't get they're, out running <laughs> they're in great shape yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i feel like i finally i'm like okay these are the times where i can run and these are the times when whatever and then in like two months it's going to be like okay Everything's back to normal. I had no. thought of you recently because of remember that New York Post headline where they said they're gonna legalize drugs and they put they put the yeah legalize, I think that was like we're gonna legalize marijuana, I think, or something like that. But then they put uh some weird picture of cocaine or heroin and needle. Oh or yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had the Columbia so. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought of you because I I was thinking, man, and if like we I, I don't know how this would happen, but if pre-corona, like maybe I could borrow some Colombian pesos from uh, from Felipe because I, I didn't have it. Because when I went to Colombia, I spent uh, I spent the ones I had previously right away for like a taxi or whatever. But then I was going into my coin uh, bank and purse. I was looking for my social security card, <laughs> my Bitcoin purse, and I found 2,000 Colombian Ooh, pesos. Wow. What's the uh, street value of that? Oh, you can't now. Unquantifiable, unquantifiable, <laughs> my friend. This is my retirement right here. So you know uh, they don't make cents. those. You know they don't make those bills anymore, right? I know, I know. They, really, that was part of the funny part about it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, they changed to a thousand peso coins, and yeah. the the thousand peso bill. I love that bill. It is a nice and pretty. Bill. Yeah, isn't this a cool? It's a cool little bill. It's uh, yeah. So this is the nicer. Wow, for who's the that? Audience. This is uh, you know, Jorge Gaitan. Gas, Gaitan, yeah, Gaitan. Jorge Gaitan. Manuel Miranda. You know, wow. There it is. <laughs> real king. You know, you know, Fidel Castro is in that bill, in the crowd. Oh, look at that. Let me look and see if Fidel, uh, I guess. So, he is. There he is. Yeah. Wow. So there's the guy, because he was like a leftist populist leader. And then there's a crowd of the people who went to see him and famously fidel castro was at a conference seeing him like in the audience before he was you know el presidente fidel castro and so For the he, cia uh, hired him to run cuba 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so they put him in the bill. Hmm. Well, congrats to Fidel. I'm glad he got a little notoriety. I know. A little fame. A little 15 minutes. Well, you know, a break. So, That's all we need. A little break. A little break. <laughs> you know. So, um, Felipe, this show is on the Authentic Podcast Network, and they have told me if it ever becomes big, they'd love to make mm-hmm. it. They'd love to film a pilot one day. So we're steadily gaining followers. We're, we're getting there. We're up to near we're nearing double digits on our our listener uh, tally. <laughs> Great, as I like to say. And one of the things that I would like to do if we ever have a talk show, and and you know this because you have a talk show. So you have to have a model. Well, I don't have it. <laughs> you're on a talk show. You're, you're, exec, you're executive producer, head writer of a... a <laughs> yes, show. that's right. You are in yes. the business, as we say. Yeah. And you need to have a, you need to have a monologue. And I, I am going to do my monologue for you guys. Is that okay for you guys to... Yeah, go for it. All that's right, great. cool. Can I uh, eat my dinner while you do the monologue? No, you can't. Okay. I told you. You have to wait. <laughs> you have to wait. All right. This burger so is going to we, be very cold. <laughs> we already have our first comment. Uh, first, first time listener. First time listener. Wow. It is. Well, Asher. Is that Asher moment. Perlman? Asher oh, Perlman. Oh, my God. Let's pray that he becomes a second Asher. time listener after this monologue. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my monologue. <clears throat> Conservatives need to get it together about the vaccine. Currently, I'm seeing a few different reactions to the vaccine rollout. One is the vaccine doesn't work, which is weird since they also believe COVID isn't deadly. If something isn't bad, how does the thing that was supposed to help not work? You'd think they'd just lie and go, yeah, it's fine, whatever, like a dad pretending to check under the bed for monsters before angrily going back to boning your mom. But that's not all conservatives, because some believe the vaccine itself is deadly. That's right. Before the vaccine, any person who died with corona just met their time. A 39-year-old with asthma? It was a ticking time bomb. But if a person somehow dies after getting the vaccine, shut it down. They got hit by a car? Well, the vaccine must have made them walk out into the road. I'm not saying we shouldn't be vigilant about what goes on into our bodies, I just don't want to hear advice about it from the people who looked at the thousands of deaths and thought we should just go out and get herd immunity. (laughs) Not that they actually know what herd immunity is. They think it means just going out and getting sick and whoever makes it wins. A kind of Noah's Ark for the people who literally believe in Noah's Ark. However, the funniest thing about the people who don't believe the vaccine work and the people who think the vaccine is deadly is their hero, Don Trump, is actively (laughs) bragging about the vaccine. He recently (laughs) tweeted through press release that we would never have had the vaccine within five years if he didn't push companies to work as fast as possible. So if you think the vaccines are shit, shouldn't you be blaming Papa Donald? Unless you think Biden became president and then peed in all the shots. Because if that's the case, I'm gonna need a few more than two doses. Now, I open it up to the panel. Oh, my God. <laughs> are, are you excited to get your vaccine? Uh, Felipe, we'll start with you. Yes. Give it to me now. I don't, I, I'll take Johnson & Johnson. I'll take Pfizer. I'll wow. take Moderna. Uh, AstroVax. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like the, 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 the movies. That's right. Uh, Alex, you, you're signed up to get the vaccine. I am, I am signed up to receive the vaccine in uh, mid-April. 
Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping uh, it doesn't it doesn't run out. I remember hearing the nightmare stories in New York where people were showing up, and uh, the first um, the second vaccines had been given to people scheduled for her slots, and so there was some concern about whether or not they'd be able to get people fully uh, immunized. Um, so yeah, so I'm hopeful that it will. Um, Go according to plan, and I, I won't have to uh, change that uh, that appointment. Um, and I'm certainly not worried about catching autism from a vaccine because <laughs> I've been listening to all these monologues for the last year, <laughs> and I seem to be holding it together so far. Okay. <laughs> I, well, one, some of my monologues give you Bell's palsy. So yeah, that's... I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regardless, stress headaches. <laughs> regardless of the efficacy, I have to believe that this quarantine is going to end in three months, and like it or not. But I, one of the one of the things that drives me crazy though is all the vaccines, even for the variants, all the vaccines say they're one hundred percent stop you from dying from corona and getting seriously ill. Now. Whether it comes to getting it, some of them are like 65, some of them are 80, some of them are, you know, 90. You might still get it. You might still get corona. But you, uh, you they'll stop you from dying and, and, and get the. And for me, good enough. That is good enough. Okay? That's basically, we got it down to flu. Okay? And I agree. The flu sucks. But before the pandemic... Conservatives were saying, oh, the COVID's just the flu. But now they're saying the, the vaccine doesn't work because it's still the flu. Well, you know what? Mission accomplished, okay? We got the flu. Some people are going to still get colds. Hopefully the people who with compromised immune systems and the elderly can get the vaccine and, and stay safe. And look, this stuff isn't foolproof. Diseases, even with the vaccine, still around there, as we saw with, with smallpox and Ebola. But we need to make sure that people aren't dying and seriously ill in hospitals. And I think we've accomplished that with the vaccine. So let's give it up for the doctors. And, and Don. <laughs> the, the doctor, right. The doctors, yeah. the doctors and the, uh, the drug companies who were <laughs> uh, subsidized the tune of a trillion dollars. to and uh, they're going to make it back. To give, us, to give us brand. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like it's going to be like uh, Nike Adidas now, but with vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis gets the worst one. That's fine. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll it's almost like sneaker thing. drops. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, can you sign up? And then they run out and all that. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, Alexis has to hunt them down from some teenager in Crown Heights. Yeah. Well, you know, I've lived it. <laughs> Growing up, I've lived it. My parents wouldn't get me the good sneakers. I know my parents won't get me the good coronavirus vaccine now, but <laughs> <laughs> that's life, folks. I've, uh, I, I, I know what it's like. However, again, all, all, almost all of them, regardless of, how sick people get or people getting it, they are preventing the the main problem. And and I think that we need to recalibrate what we think of when, when it comes to the, this, this disease. And I know people are scared and people are freaking out about the variants. But again, it's just about making sure people don't die. <laughs> okay. So that's good news to me. Right. And we're going to have to, but this is, this is probably going to be a yearly thing from now on, right? I mean, just the way that, you know, because we have variants now, uh, it's probably going to be a thing where it mutates and then you'd like the flu. We're going to have to like sort of come out with a new one each year, probably. Right. 
I, I wonder about that because the reason why it was so deadly is because it's the first time ever, right? And I'm sure that we may need booster shots and we may need their vaccines will be available. But again, if the flu, the first time you had the flu and your body didn't have anti, uh, the antibodies and your parents never had it and it was just the first time introduced to the human population, I'm sure it would kill a bunch of people too. But then the second time, it just, again, what the flu, the, the, the death rate of the flu, what is it, 2% yeah. die, you know, getting the flu. So it's still very deadly, but it's not, you know, Corona was like way up there. So it might be like the flu and, and hopefully people will get the vaccine, but then some won't and some people will still unfortunately die. And uh, that's just the way it's going to be, unfortunately. And I'm not a doctor, but I do read a lot. <laughs> but I do believe these things, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that? I mean, Wonderful yeah, monologue. I'm, well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very positive about it, that's all. I, I just think that we need more positivity. I'm not saying things are fixed, okay? But things are pointing in the right direction. And there's a lot of people just seems like everybody wants to be negative about it. We got conservatives being like, oh, Biden's, you know, whatever, fucking it up. And then you know, I feel like there's people on the left who are just like, this is not enough. Uh, we need we need this and that. And it's really hard because there are so many people who feel so many different ways. You just need to find a way to get the most people, you know, healthy and then uh, and on board. You need to get the most people on board and then we can have a society again. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the, that's the biggest issue. I'm with Alexis. I, I am feeling very positive right now. I, I want to feel like it, it's starting to get better. Yeah. You know, I feel like it did. I just went to Brooklyn and there were people at bars. You know, I, was, I wasn't in them. <laughs> okay. I walked by them. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, yeah, we see I where Alexis is coming awesome. from. <laughs> yeah, I went to a big like... wedding, 80 people. You know, it's, <laughs> nature is healing itself. <laughs> I, again, I do. I, I don't completely condone it, but it does seem like people, are, you know, it's, people it's are like a, be, yeah, people are but, over it, but it ain't over, buddy. I tell you what. Uh, hey, hey, it's just like a relationship with me, baby. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the news, okay? And because we got Felipe here, uh, Colombian, born in Colombia, you know, so does, so he says. We, I want to focus our first couple stories in South America, where, you know, you know, all our families are from, except for Alex, who's Mexican. And the first one is what happened in Bolivia. Now, for those of you who may not be fully aware, Bolivia had a coup about a year ago, right? About a year ago, something like that. And basically what happened was, now, they, they don't say it's a coup, or, or at least the right don't say it and the OAS don't really say it. But basically what had happened was the president of Bolivia, he ran for a third term. And he won, basically. His party won. Um, but even though his Congress had an overwhelming win, and again, most of Bolivia is part of this political party. The count, as the election went along, went from a 7% lead to, I think, about a 12% lead, which canceled the runoff, okay? And 
basically, everybody said this must be fraud. Okay. But well, it happened during a gap, right? Like there was a, they stopped counting. And then like 12 hours later, they were like, whoops, now the, the leads doubled. Right. right. Am I, I, I yeah, basically, this. I mean, Alex, do you, did you uh, read up on this? Well, this was, uh, uh, this was Eva Morales, correct? This was, uh, right. right, right. Yeah. So there, there was a, um, and this is typically seen in a lot of, um, you know, uh, I guess in elections where there's suspicions of uh, tampering of some kind when there's a, you know, sort of a, a surge uh, in support that is like beyond a, um, uh, what, what is it? Like a, it's, it's a statistic anomaly. And I know that mm-hmm. this is, a, you know, they, they say it's very common in a lot of countries that have, uh, that tend to have compromised elections or are not known for uh, the integrity of their elections. And so that was sort of a, an instance here. It was just sort of the su- sudden surge um, that sort of defied um, uh, what their polls had been indicating. Right. But so 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 then the military said there must have been a fraud. Right. So we are going to give the presidency to the right wing party and the president, Janine Añez, who, by the way, is a Latino woman named Janine. First issue with that. But here's the point I want to make about this. If let's say Donald Trump and Biden went went had an election, okay? Never mind the surge, never mind the late voting, never mind that. Let's say Donald Trump uh let's say the Republican Party won 80% of the Senate and the and, and the Congress, okay? So all the different all the different uh sections went to, to Trump. And then Biden won the presidency. Okay, I would definitely think that some fucked up shit happened. Okay, because that doesn't make sense. Okay, why would everybody vote? Why would eighty percent of the people, even seventy percent of the people, vote for one party but then vote for the right wing, go for the other president? Right? Okay, so that's what I'm saying about that. In uh, in uh, Bolivia, so Evo Evo's party wins eighty percent of the Congress. Okay, why? would then everybody turn around and vote for the right-wing president. That makes no sense, okay? Now, eventually the OAS, they had to basically retract their statement a little bit and say, okay, it looks like, because, because the reason why the, the, vote, the vote surge came is because Bolivia is a very poor country and many of the voters live way out in the sticks. Look, in Colombia, Okay, where me and Felipe are from, they have whole other countries within Colombia because it's so hard to get to them. Okay, it's like literally the FARC, the you know ELN, they run whole towns, and it's very difficult to get to them. So they just kind of go whatever, fuck it. So imagine getting votes from them. Okay, imagine counting their votes. So the same thing happens in Bolivia. It's, it's again similar ter- territories, mountainous terrain, forest, hard to get votes up. And what what do you think? These poor farmers out in the middle of nowhere, they're like suddenly like, you know what? My taxes are too high. Okay. <laughs> they're not, they're not thinking that obviously the most of them voted for Evo. So that's the thing that really bothered me about that whole situation. And now look what happens. Now they're arresting, uh, the, the woman who was president, Janine Añez, because while she was president, she basically tried to arrest Evo. She tried to arrest everybody on the left. And now there was a blowback. And now there's badness here, you know, and I, again, I just think that this is this is a 
just a big problem with how the West tries to control elections and how, how things go in South America and Central America. Because what happens? Every single time they mess around, okay, then because they went against the majority of the people in the country, they try to they, they turn it back. But they don't just undo it. There's more crime and there's more madness. And now there's a problem. Now there's political issues going on in Bolivia. Now the issues are, uh, uh, you know, tensions are heightened. You know, Felipe, you feel, I, I'm sure you've not seen this fucking countless times in South America. I mean, yeah. I mean, the intervention is rarely good, you know, and, and you can see like, and, and interestingly enough, you know, in the in the latest round of elections in Colombia, at least, uh, the intervention didn't directly come from the states, particularly because the states has a vested interest in Colombia being relatively stable center right. You know, like Colombia is the closest ally to the states in, in South America. And it's also very close to Venezuela, which is like an active dictatorship that the, the, the states don't want to. Um, they want continue. Colombia to be their ground, the ground zero for the Venezuela attack, basically. Oh my God. Basically, well, I, I got I got terrified last year or two years ago when John Bolton was like the was basically telling Trump, yeah, let's let's fucking let's make let's make Colombia our our ground zero and just send troops, you know, uh, to Venezuela, which would have been basically. Colombia and Venezuela get obliterated and the States is fine. Um, But funnily enough, in the last Colombian election, I feel like most of the like intervention or manipulation came from uh, like fake news. You know, there were all these like insane WhatsApp chains and like there's proof that like Cambridge Analytica, as much as they were involved in the elections here and in the UK for Brexit, like, toward right-wing candidates, they were also helping in, like, the mayoral election of of Bogota, like, not the the last election, but the one before. So it's, I mean, it's really interesting and weird and uh, messed up how, like, imperialistic powers, be them, as we saw in the 20th century and a little bit of the 21st, be it the U.S. government or whoever is the empire in whatever the colony is uh, or be them like giant corporations who have vested interests uh, are manipulating these elections in these countries because, you know, there was also the, in this Bolivian election, there was the fact that they have a lot of, um, I, I believe it's mercury. The, lithium. The yes. metal. Yeah. For the, lithium, for the cell lithium. Exactly. Yeah. And so they, they wanted uh, to oust, Evo, which uh, who was an, a socialist president, to put in a, a more a friendlier president for a president who would be friendlier to just digging up lithium and selling it to the states and to companies in the states. Right. I remember um, that th- this. Um, yeah, Elon Musk specifically was sort of named as an innocent yeah. party in the um, <laughs> in the outcome of uh, of this election. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's a pretty horrible track record of um, the American government, American business interests uh, interfering in South America. And yeah, I mean, eh, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Hey, water is wet. You guys know this? You guys hear about this? <laughs> Look, I, it's not one of the we're, we're, obviously we're not going to have a debate on it because we all agree on non-intervention. 
But the the thing that I always try to get it through people's heads is any sort of intervention, outside intervention, there's always blowback. And the, they always complain about the blowback. This is the other issue. You know, <laughs> intervention is still complain about the blowback. They'd be like, oh, great, now they're armed. Oh, great, now they're arresting people. They're arresting people because you arrested them okay, <laughs> last year, okay? They're arresting the people who unfairly arrested them. Oh, if we, got a, we got, got a comment, by the way, Alexis. Oh, here. yeah, let's get this comment here. Uh, thank you, one, one of our great <laughs> listeners, Gay Corpse. Holy cow, look at Estrada's wasting coif. We got a regular <laughs> Wafting coif. Wafting coif, I'm sorry. We got a regular Menudo 20-year reunion going on. Look thank you, that. Gay this Corpse. The, the three of us. <laughs> All Latino pod over here. There we go. <laughs> so, so, and uh, that just—it's—it's it's something that just drives me crazy. If somebody—if you got thrown in prison unfairly and you got out of prison, you wouldn't go, "Okay, we're even." You would want that person in prison, right? So that's what's happening. Okay. Oh, I, yeah, I—I I will say one thing about this particular case in Bolivia because I—I did listen to this a podcast in Spanish about it a, a few months ago. Uh, by this journalist who is, I believe, I don't actually don't know where he's from, but he uh, writes for BB for the BBC and reports from Bolivia. And he actually went and spoke to Evo Morales, who was exiled in Mexico, because this was after the, the coup. Basically, Janine was the president of Bolivia. Evo had to flee and he was living in Mexico. And he went to talk to him and it, it it is kind of like agreed that the election was stolen from him, but the big thing that Evo to this day, or at least to the day of that podcast that came out in the summer, refused to acknowledge is that he had like he had like rewritten the constitution okay. pretty blatantly to mm -hmm. get that third term. Right? And so well, okay, so well, no, let's talk about that because yes, that is true. He was not able to get the third term in the constitution, but he had control of the government. Oh, one hundred percent. Well, the, my thing is like if he had the, the the funny thing is he would have had the control of the chambers to be able to do it because the the results of the election showed that he had it was like eighty percent of the of the Senate was going to be. Of his party. Right. He had, well, he had popular support. Yeah, that was exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have the popular support to extend his uh, to create a third term. So he used a loophole to run a third time. And mm. that to me is interesting because it's like you do have the popular support. You could go and it's almost like at the expense of you know, political capital and people and, you know, a, a lost year, it's almost what ended up happening, which is like, you could just name a successor and have someone else be the face of the party and continue your ideals. And, you know, if you are the party, have someone else be the president. And this guy was like, no, I get to run three times, which to me is like the, the like constant thing of authoritarianism be it on the left or the right it's like in the end it's there's so much ego connected to these people be them socialists or fascists uh okay you know I, okay, yeah so i'm I, telling you alexis you put it even morales and michael bloomberg side by side uh <laughs> you guys have got the third terms with popular support 
Okay, so <laughs> I I get that. It's look, it's annoying, but in a sense, I find that somebody who does that is more honest than what happened in Russia, where Putin pretended to yeah. step down <laughs> right. and put yeah, somebody yeah, yeah, else yeah. in, but, yeah. even though he was running the party. And then he came back and he's like, hey, guess what? Hey, it wasn't consecutive. <laughs> I, was <Surprise>. back. <laughs> I think what Evo did was a little more honest than that. Now, look, I totally agree that it's annoying when somebody is like president for life. I understand that. But he is popular. And he is the popular one. It's not the other face, you know. It's yeah. He is the face that the people in Bolivia trust. And again, it's a very poor country. Not everybody even has internet or <laughs> internet, let alone computers, let alone phones or whatever. So they just go, okay, there's one guy who's helping us, Evo. They don't really think of the party completely as as him. And then he basically was like, I'm running it. I'm doing okay. I trust myself as president. I'd rather <laughs> stay president as, as opposed to giving it to somebody else and trying to puppeteer him. That can go wrong. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's, it's what happened on the other side of the political spectrum in Colombia, where you have Uribe who wants to be in power forever. And then like literally every election that I've been able to vote in in Colombia has been, I'm voting against whoever Uribe is saying. You know, the, the, yeah, Colombia. Okay, so great example, great example. Because we got Uribe in Colombia, he's the right wing um, uh, uh, guy there, and his his success, both successors, whatever. <laughs> one of them went against him, okay, and the next one was basically it's his son, basically. Just it, yeah, Don, it's, I mean, Don, now Don, it's going to be his literal son. That's the best part. <laughs> is like they're talking about Uribe's literal son running for president next year. But yeah, like the first guy was like, oh, I, you know, it was he was Uribe's minister of defense. Uribe rewrote the constitution with popular support to uh, get a second term, try to rewrite, rewrite it without popular support to get a third term. And then his successor, who got elected president, was his minister of defense. And a week into the presidency, he was like, fuck you. <laughs> and he betrayed Uribe. And then Uribe spent his entire political capital which is very like huge, uh, being the opposition party and waited eight years and ran a new guy who, as Alexis said, is basically an empty suit. Uribe too. And yeah, yeah Uribe too. And uh, he uh, got elected and he is terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a terrible president. And now we're getting into another election and it's every election in my lifetime since I've been 18 has been I am voting against either Uribe or the person or or voting for the person who's running against whoever Uribe said, you know, because it, it there are literal billboards in Colombia that says I will vote for whoever Uribe says. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's that's a slogan. Deranged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much it's literally, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> por el que diga Uribe, which okay, is that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> but this is but this is the way political politics are in South America. Yeah. It it is it is v- people are very loyal. So that's the only reason why knowing how it goes in other countries, that's why Evo was like I'm still I'm in charge. I should still be in charge like people support me. I, again, I I understand the other side as well, but I also don't think he was doing anything too bad. Hey, right. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I sort of look at it as, as being like it, it happens in like, you know, normal democracies, too, where the party in power like writes rules or tries to make it. So it's harder to take um, 
a power a power from them. Like gerrymandering, I think is a good example. Yeah. Of a popular, you typically popular parties uh, parties that are popular on the state level using local rules uh, mm -hmm. and influence in order to uh, entrench uh, their voting patterns in their districts. Like uh, you know, it's like arguably the same thing. It's just like, well, the Republicans keep winning in the state, so they should be able to draw the rules that make it impossible for Democrats to uh, to run opposition campaigns. Um, I, and except, it's, it, except when the except when the Democrats get be, go back in power, they just try to make it equal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, you got to play by here? the rules. There you go. That's right. Another comment here. Bolivia sounds like that episode of The Simpsons where Fidel Castro asks to see Mr. Burns one trillion dollar bill, then never gives it back. <laughs> there That's we basically. go. It's astute uh, <laughs> international political uh, comparison <laughs> from mm -hmm. Gay Corpse. Thank mm -hmm. you. So let's talk about another South American country where. Again, there's uh, political strife. And uh, that is, that is again, we kind of mentioned it, there are Colombia's neighbor, Venezuela. Okay. Now, this, this is a touchy subject because you can't look at Venezuela, what's going on now, and think, this is great. Like, there's a lot of problems <laughs> going on in Venezuela. Okay. So, again, I, I understand that. And I'm a little more left-leaning than most people, uh, admittedly. But what, one thing I want to say about Venezuela is that one thing I hear a lot is in the 80s and the early 90s, everybody in Venezuela was rich. And then they voted to make themselves poor, okay? And I have to um, break, it, break some breaking news to you, okay? People who are rich don't vote to make themselves poor, okay? That is not what happens, all right? Venezuela was making a lot of money in the 80s, okay? Not the entire 80s, but, you know, as, as the oil prices rose and they, things started to even out, and, uh, hey, as corporations started to take over the, the drilling and things like that in Venezuela, they started to make a ton of money, okay? And you had this big section of the country that wasn't seeing that money, okay? They were just poor, okay? And then they had an election, okay? And what do you think they voted for? They voted to try to spread that money around, okay? Did things go well after that? Hey, look. <laughs> no, okay? <laughs> but the point I want to make here is you cannot have countries and, hey, we live in one where it might be happening to us right now. You cannot have a country where people on the very top, where there's a group, big group of people where they're making a ton of fucking money and then you have homeless people lining the streets, okay? You, because there's going to be blowback. There's going to be serious blowback to that. And look, that's what's happening in Venezuela. Now, the news, now I'll go into <laughs> what's happening uh, recently is, uh, Alex, you want to basically explain this, but Biden basically said he's not going to lift the sanctions that, that Trump put onto Venezuela. Right. He's uh, keeping the uh, the pressure on uh, more or less. And the idea is that I think he's trying to force Maduro to uh, sort of make some of these changes uh, that entrench uh, U.S. policy interests and absent those or assurances of those. Uh, he's basically keeping the same hard line. Mm -hmm. That's right. He ba so basically what Trump did him a favor by doing something really shitty and, and putting imposing huge ta uh, uh, you know uh, sanctions on there and look the UN went in and they looked at these and 
One of the one of the weird things, and Felipe, I want I, I, I want to hear from you because you're, you're Colombian. You know so much more about this. But one of the weird things is they say that these sanctions don't affect Venezuela; they just affect the people in the top. But when the country can't sell oil or import food, you know, probably people <laughs> will suffer. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna have to guess. Yeah, the the but, big problem please, that I see here, or, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Alexis, no, no, the, this is your this is your time, baby. <laughs> the the thing I see with particularly with the the, the these tariffs is that they are. They, they say that they're focused on PDVSA, which is the Venezuelan state uh, oil company, right? And, and the problem is that the Chavez and Maduro government, even though they started out as a like spread the wealth kind of thing, and for a while did spread the wealth and did like help a lot of people, you know, um, what has happened in the later years of Chavez's uh, reign and then in the Maduro reign is that PDVSA has become this company where loyalists just get named and they get higher ranks and they get a lot of money. And what what people discovered and astute observ- international observers have found is that like it's just a way for like loyalists to get a lot of money and not redistribute that wealth. So they've created a whole new bubble where like the party and the people who are in the party are very wealthy and the people, the actual people are poor, but less poor than they were before Chavez was in power, you know? Uh, And so what, to me, the, the problem with these sanctions is like, I think the sanction you should sanction that company. That company is full of very corrupt people who are stealing money from the poorest Venezuelans. They are not redistributing that wealth. But by by like tying their uh, their loyalists to the oil company, which is their number one export, by sanctioning the company, you are sanctioning the country. You know, by directly sanctioning the people, you are the the specific people who are in power. You are also tra- by the transitive property hurting the 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 people of Venezuela. Thank you, Felipe. Thank you for making my point exactly. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, you're making you're, you're you're making perfect sense here. This is what the issue is, and again. If, if your number one export is oil and they're just like, okay, we're going to stop your oil exports uh, and the number, like, what is it, 90% of their income comes from oil, right? It's like, it's like an insane amount. It's I, I, I don't know the, the exact stat, but yeah, it's insane. It's highly, yeah, highly disproportionate compared to the entire economy. People are going to fucking suffer. And, you know, you I, I know that they're trying to make it suffer so that people will... They're doing it on purpose. They're making people suffer. So oh, yeah, it's not like they out. did this. You think they did the sanctions on accident? <laughs> no, no, right, right. I believe they put these sanctions in on purpose. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Hmm>. moron. <laughs> no, it's because what they say is we're just sanctioning these people, but the people who are suffering, they're not. They're they have nothing to do with this. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to instigate a, like a civil war uprising. Oh, it's, yeah, it's destabilization. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they would. I, I, what I will say is, they wouldn't try it. They wouldn't dare try it if the discontent wasn't there. Is the thing, and that is the thing about interventionism. Always is like the, the U.S. tries to 
or like the um, the imperial power tries to pick a side, but and and I think they overplayed their hand. They overplayed their hand two years ago when they tried to to impose a new president who turned out to be friends with like right wing paramilitary groups in oh, Colombia. Now, do I think Venezuela is... needs to take like do I think Maduro needs to go and we need a democratically elected president in Venezuela? One hundred percent. Should it be the guy who's friends with the Colombian right wing paramilitaries? I'm gonna say no. That's right. And that that was that was scary. The way he was like getting brought across the border by by the freaking right wing psychopaths. That was scary yeah. as hell. He was, there's literal photos of. Mm-hmm. Don't take photos with right wing militia. Just by the you way. know, you know. Don't do that. Don't don't take selfie. Not everything needs a selfie. The the thing that cracked me up also about our former president Donald Trump was, I believe. Uh, you know, Bolton and those, all those people said, it'll be easy. We'll just go to Venezuela mm-hmm. and overthrow them. And people, people and we like, have a, a pliable Colombian government that will let us yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. Like we have a friend That's in the right. border. And Trump saw them try as he, you know, he typically he's like, whatever. He's like, okay, go ahead. Give it, give it a shot. And they gave it a shot. And then they were like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try again. And Trump was like, no. No, you really it. do. Yeah. It's true, though. You only get one shot with him. And if you fuck it up, if you look bad, he ends the entire thing. And that, does sh- that, that always cracks It sounds a lot like Alexis's uh, directing experiences, too. Thank you. Hey, if I see a mod team go out there and eat it, that's it. You're not going to see me again. But that, that's the thing that just cracks me He's suddenly so working on his own show for the next six months. Yes. You got it. <laughs> Very busy. Too busy. Um, no, but so, so that's true. And, and okay, now you another point you said, and, and again, this is a friendly conversation. We're all here. We're all friends. But you said that, uh, you know, they wouldn't try it if there weren't discontent. Yeah. I know a country where there is a lot of discontent, where maybe 45% of the people would be willing to overthrow the government yeah. <laughs> if they were pushed. I don't know where that country is. Let's see. Is it uh, this one? <laughs> so, again, there well, are plenty of countries where there's discontent, a lot of discontent. And if pushed, they, they might take power. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, the, the slow descent into authoritarianism that the United States is going through, and, it, like, it's it's going to happen, you know, what in our lifetimes, I, I think. I hope not, but I... I the You're trying evidence, to get in here, man. <laughs> I, know, that, yeah. I know, but the evidence but the evidence is there, you know, like, all the signs are there. Now, I I think this... I agree with you, Alexis, but th- that's the the power that empire gives you right like if you are the empire if you are the imperialist power then if you might be destabilized but it has to be from within you know and and western powers western imperial powers historically don't get interfered with they just someone from within like have the population starts a revolution and uh and uh, that's that's just the benefit you get from that. Hell, who knows? Maybe I mean we do get interfered with Russia and China. They do interfere with our elections and with social media, and they do divide people. So 
maybe maybe it's it's happening alexis maybe it's it's already started and maybe the show is part of that uh exactly <laughs> no nobody well, listens to this right. yeah. is china paying you alexis right. no, i gotta tell you maybe. we don't have any yeah. listeners but my patreon it's like twenty thousand dollars a month to keep this going. it always so comes in in yen for some reason i never yeah. understood that yen is you japanese currency yeah. <laughs> they run it through japan <laughs> right of course that's how they you launder it that's right <laughs> god bless them Hey, 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 you know what? Any foreign countries, if you wanna if you wanna pay me to do what I'm doing here and you're called destabilization, that's totally fine oh with me. God. That's totally fine go. with me. Being in Syria, yeah. that's Alexis. Now the second the final point I'll make on this is there's a lot of bad going on in Venezuela. They're even privatizing a lot of companies as well. They're letting corporations just take over the whole companies and you know, they're just kind of they're kind of giving up on, on a lot of stuff in Venezuela and I don't like what's going on there. I mean, I wish it was better for a lot of reasons. But um Putting tariffs and sanctions and it's like cancel culture, right? They're trying to cancel Venezuela, right? So then what happens when you cancel people, when you cancel a group of people, they, they form a bubble, okay? And they become worse people. They don't become better people, they become worse people. So what's happening now is the canceled Venezuela, they're, they're becoming worse. So all the cronyism, all that stuff, if you are afraid that somebody is trying to overthrow you, of course you're gonna look for loyalists. You're causing it. So that's all I'll say. Um, now let's go finally to Q, uh, Cuba, Como. <laughs> All right. Wrapping up Bat our South American segment. Yeah. <laughs> our Batista. Como. Uh, Alex, can you give us a little update on the, the, our, uh, governor here? Governor uh, Cuomo. Poor, <laughs> poor, poor right. Cuomo. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, at this point, he's not, he's not budget, man. It's, it, he's at the point right now where they're not, he's not going to, he's not going to step down. He, yeah, I'm listening to it right now. He's uh, <laughs> he, he's he's sticking in there, and he, he, said, and he, he said, "Go for it." He said it's his political opponents are trying to to cancel him. He said yeah, cancel, culture. cancel culture. He actually used cancel culture. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, he's sticking around. He's like you. He <laughs> in the, in comedy for ten years. <laughs> Just like me, to, he's gonna hang. It will not step down from Harold Knight. Hey, just like me, he's going to try to stick it out to 2022, okay? That's what's going on it's here. It's boomerang, right? You come back around, <laughs> inevitably. Right. Hey. Uh, some, of these, some of these accusations are just so abhorrent. Like, I, yeah, I think terrible. I stopped at five or six, so I'm yeah. not sure what we're... Well, even the, recently, the woman said that she got invited back to a private meeting at his house or whatever, and he, she thought he'd be just discussing work, and uh, he groped her. And, you know, this is just insane. Now, another problem is, again, with Cuomo, and this has been his problem for years, is he holds his power very tightly. He has, he has a lot of, he kicks out his, uh, his enemies or whatever, even within his own party, and puts loyalists, he installs loyalists everywhere. Uh, okay, Maduro? A little bit like Maduro? Um, <laughs> a little bit? And, uh, a little bit? He is, again... Because of that, he has gotten away with these harassment. Um, but then, again, somebody bravely came forward, and, and now we're we're seeing what's happening here. What do you think, Felipe? Is he going to make it to 2022, or is he going to resign? Uh, I think he is going to. I, I hope he resigns soon. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he might actually get impeached. I think the pressure from... Uh, powerful democrats like in the national scale 
has reached a point where like he might actually get impeached. And I don't think he'll, I think he'll do a Nixon. And uh, I think the humiliation of being impeached might be too much. And he might resign like right about right before he's impeached. Uh, That's a lot of sense. I think, yeah, he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Alex impeachment. I think, I think it's on, it's the same thing. Cause I think for him, you know, he's always had a fear of failure. I think mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of like a um, one of those undergirding uh, qualities to Andrew Cuomo. And I think for him, uh, yeah, like I think if he looks like he's going to be impeached, he will resign um, successfully impeached. Um, but yeah, but that's the thing. I think like honestly, before all this started, uh, he was looking at the White House like he was maybe mm-hmm. thinking I think that was on his horizon. Because um, he certainly was thinking about it, I think back in like 2000, 2008, 2012, he'd been thinking about it. But um, but yeah, ultimately, I think uh, he's kind of a coward at heart. And so if he thinks it's going, his bell's going to toll, he's going to find the exit. Any bully is a coward. Look at me. So, um, <laughs> I do agree. That's I think I think you guys make an excellent point. I I, I could see it. I think he'll he'll be impeached, and but I don't think he'll actually be impeached. I think they'll tell him they have the votes, right? And just yeah. just at a midnight uh, a midnight assassination, just tell him, you know, we can walk away cleanly, or we can drag you out of here. And I think he'll he'll go. He'll walk. Which uh, hey, if you, here's the one thing about New York, and this has happened for many times, uh, whether it's you know his dad Cuomo and. Um, you know, Giuliani ran for president and Bloomberg, you know, ran for president and New York is the last stop. <laughs> okay. If you run for, if you're mayor or governor here, that's it. You're done. Okay. <laughs> Just try to be a good mayor or try to be a good governor. And then oh, de Blasio ran for president. Um, and I think you should just try to be a good governor, try to be a good mayor, and just and then live out your days like Ed Koch and just tell jokes. Okay? <laughs> Don't try to you know look look up uh, further aspirations. You look like a, a, a fool. Uh, we got a comment here from uh, somebody named somebody named Jared Wow. Hmm, not familiar with that man. Uh, and he said uh, uh, he said actually I like Governor Cuomo. Uh, uh, Governor Cuomo. He didn't think he's doing a bang up job. And also Trump should run for mayor. Yeah, Jared, do you have any comment on that? <laughs> wow. Huh. I wonder what that means. Twist. So, um, it's a very small Airbnb. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that, that that's like a, a sincere problem with with all our, our mayors and governors. Oh man! Oh, my dog's attacking him now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or something he said. There you go. <laughs> For sure. And I, and, and I also think that. Uh, Cuomo should resign because these these harassment allegations will haunt him forever. Okay, so that's all. But uh, yeah, that's it. Any any other thoughts on that, Felipe? I don't know. I think uh, it. You know, we are three cis dudes, and uh, I think I I don't know. I I long for the thought of like not having to be like, oh, that guy shouldn't do that you know there's like it it's so pervasive and and exhausting and frustrating and i just don't have to don't want to have to worry about i don't i don't think we should 
I think politics are already so horrible and mined with corruption and money and interests that like we don't need a reason to make politics more horrible and i think what these things end up bringing out in people whatever the side of the aisle it is is just supporters of particular politicians who have been abusers blindly um following those uh, politicians regardless of the abuse. And then the only thing that happens is that the people, the women who were hurt are just like targeted and mistreated even more. So you saw like all the, all the women who accused Trump and, you know, you saw all these like far right and not even that far right people just defending Trump and accusing these women. And then you, (laughs) You look at Cuomo and then you see all these like deranged and maybe I just spent too much time on Twitter, but you see all these deranged people in the center who are like, wow, why are we talking about this guy instead of Trump? And they just like become these like this, like just liberal QAnon to confirm their biases, to tell themselves that it's fine because it's their guy, you know, that it must be made up, that it must be not real. And in the end, like the people who were hurt were still hurt, you know? The crazy part about that is, and I see this constantly, if we if we have one crime, you can't then go, what about the other crime? We right. can take crimes right. one by one, okay? <laughs> exactly. We have plenty of people to do that. Even when occasionally we'll tweet something and, and people will be like, oh, wow, why are you tweeting about this? Why are you tweeting about that? Like, yeah, because I only have 240 characters, okay? I think you should relax. <laughs> And this is such a cent- it's so it's so funny. This is such a centrist thing. They're yeah. like crazy. They'll always they'll always do that. Like they're like, why are we why are we talking about Cuomo when um, the judge, the Supreme Court justice, attacked you know a woman, you know whatever. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, that was a different thing. We also are mad about that. Yeah, okay? we can do two <laughs> things at once. You know, yeah. like it is possible to uh, walk and chew gum. All right. Well, that's our show. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Felipe, for for coming on. Where, where can the people see you? Are you doing shows? Are you doing anything like that? I am actually n- not doing shows anytime soon, but I am launching a podcast next month. Oh, um, take this down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be deleting this section. Uh, but but yeah, my wife, and, my wife and I are launching a podcast next month. I'm not going to commit to a date because... Uh, (laughs) We still don't know exactly the launch date, but it is a podcast called The Untied States of America. My wife is from Kansas City, Missouri, which is right in the middle of this country. And I am from not this country. And, you know, we just talk to friends of us and people who are interesting and interested and uh, uh, talk about their hometowns, their home states, their home cities and, you know, talk about, like, the fun and also the not-so-fun stuff about that. Like, I found out that Virginia, until very recently, celebrated a thing called, uh, oh, shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it. It's Lee, um, I'm going to Google it because I have to get it right. I'm sure it was horrible. It must have been some kind of slave thing. Lee Jackson King Day where they celebrated at the same time, on the same day, uh, (laughs) um, they celebrated Robert Ely, Stonewall Jackson, and Martin Luther King. 
<laughs> until <laughs> very recently. <laughs> All yeah. faces of the same coin, exactly. right? Yeah, there you go. So you learn things like that, and it's very fun. And you talk to people. Uh, we talk to people about that. And that's my oh, that's podcast cool. coming out next month. And uh, otherwise, watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. It's a fun show. We write jokes for it every day. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's on CBS. It's a What's show of some consequence, CBS? I understand. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, as we close every show, we always end with a final thought from our, what is, you work for... Texaco's uh, main attorney, Alex Estrada. Alex? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, I'll, today my thought will actually be a bit of uh, travel advice. And this, <laughs> this one goes out to all the United Fruit Executives. Uh, if you're interested, there's actually a great deal of sugarcane in Alexis Pereira's apartment in Astoria, Queens. And I understand that he's not very stable at this point. <laughs> I think he enjoys, he has a 30% approval rating in that area. And so if you're interested, uh, slide into my DMs and uh, maybe we can work something out. Reframe the show a little bit. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to you. All right. Fuck. This is what I get for not installing a loyalist as my co-host. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much and have a great week. Bye, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night.